Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And what we're going to do today is it's kind of a continuation of what we did uh, on Monday, uh, where we are going through some of the gaffes, really, that our president and vice president have done. And and this is not to you know just make them look like fools. They do a good enough job of doing that themselves. Uh, but what this is is we um, we heard a lot when when Donald Trump was uh, was president that you know everything you say has to be right. Right on point. And if you if you even make a joke uh, that that we don't like, well, that's terrible and you can't be president. Well, you know, if if that's the case, then we're going to hold them to the same standard. And what we've seen from this duo is just absolutely it, it, it's almost, I'm at, almost at a loss for words when you start to go through some of these. And so let's continue on. Uh, we're going to, we're going to finish up with Biden here. Uh, if you want to hear the first, uh, you can always go uh, to uncommonsensepodcast.com if you, if you didn't hear Mondays, uh, but we're going to finish up here with Biden. We're going to get on to, uh, to Kamala because I'm going to need your help. Yeah. Uh, she, some of the things she has to say, I just don't understand. So anyway, I mean, we, we've, we saw Biden and, and some of the things that he had to say, even calling, his uh, his Coast Guard uh, cadets dull uh, when he when he really when he messed up a, a a stolen joke that he was trying to steal from Ronald Reagan, but uh, but he also I think you remember he he was calling Kamala Harris president. Remember this? <laughs> Who's in charge here? By President Biden isn't always so sure. Uh, <laughs> he has on multiple occasions dubbed his number two Kamala Harris. As commander in chief, it started last year as Biden delivered a White House speech on COVID-19 vaccines. When President Harris and I look at uh, virtual, uh, took a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona not long ago, he stated, one of the nurses on that uh, on that tour injecting people, uh, giving vaccinations, said that each shot was like administering a dose of hope. <laughs> he didn't seem to notice that he'd given his job away. <laughs> and he, of course, he repeated that flub over and over again. It, it happened multiple times. Uh, how about uh, Defense Secretary who? <laughs> March 8th of last year, six weeks into his presidency, Biden was unable to recall the name of his Secretary of Defense, the retired four-star Army General Lloyd Austin at a White House ceremony. Quote, and I want to thank the secretary, the uh, the uh, uh, former general, Biden vamped as he searched his memory for Austin's name while a masked Vice President Kamala Harris side-eyed the president from, from behind him. Uh, I keep calling him general, but my uh, my... Uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there, he finished lamely. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but how about even before he came president, he was, he was just, I mean, there were so many gaffes, uh, you know, three decades ago, Biden verbal attack on a voter at New Hampshire, um, at, at a New Hampshire house party helped derail his first presidential campaign. Actually, when, uh, Claremont, uh, New Hampshire high school teacher, Frank, uh, Faley uh, asked Biden what law school he intended. 
the then senator from Delaware melted down. Quote, I probably have as much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. Biden snapped as he <laughs> expounded on, on his academic record. Uh, <laughs> the exchange actually captured by uh, C-SPAN cameras uh, resurfaced months later when Biden was revealed as a serial um, plagiarist going back to his college days. He, um, of course, soon abandoned his White House bid um, because of that. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, slight Indian accents. So in two, 2006, as he explored a second presidential run, Biden um, penned for uh, racial insensitivities caused him repeated headaches. Quote, in Delaware, the the largest growth in population in Asian Americans uh, moving from India, he told one voter, you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. And I'm not joking, he added with a grin. I mean, how do you, how do you do that? I just, man, you know, and you thought, Hillary was was a bad politician. Anyway, um, <laughs> articulate and bright and clean. This was said in 2007. Biden's attempt to um, you know go forward with a, a presidential as a presidential hopeful actually backfired uh, at that time. Uh, shocker, right? Quote. I mean, you've got the first sort of mainstream African American who is articulate and bright and clean. Biden said, of course, of Barack Obama, actually, uh, when they were in the, in the primaries. Uh, it's it's a storybook, man. <laughs> the backhanded comment instantly branded Biden, of course, then he was 65 at that time, as an out-of-touch uh, remnant of a racially tone-deaf generation. Um, but, of course, then later on he became president. So, yeah, whatever, you know. Uh, I mean, Obama said he didn't take it personally. But, you know, and, of course, he selected him as his vice president running mate. But um, how about the, the debate debacle of 2012? Uh, voters cringed through the vice presidential debate between Biden and Republican uh, Paul Ryan in 2012 as the hyper-aggressive Veep put on just this, you know, 90-minute display of mungling and eye-rolling and things. You know, it just was, it was, it was so juvenile, really. Quote, oh, now you're Jack Kennedy. <laughs> Biden broke in as Ryan explained how the GOP's tax cut mirrored Kennedy's in 1960. Look, this is a bunch of stuff. He said later, I all, all told Biden interrupted Ryan 85 times during that debate. Uh, and, and he, it just, it was really, it was really bad. How about you stupid bastards? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I, I said this last time, I'll say it again. There's a few of these words. I mean, we have a president who doesn't watch his mouth off, often. And so, you know, some of these are going to get, get thrown in there. Uh, and so just kind of take that in, into consideration as we go through. Probably should have said that before this one. But um, a, a peevish Biden scolded American troops for their uh, tepid response to a, a set up applause line in 2016. Clap for that, you stupid bastards. The vice president barked minutes into his speech to the uh, three, uh, 380th uh, air exploratory uh, wing stationed. Uh, in in Adunabi, uh, I mean, how do you call it? Anyway, uh, 
Biden was was uh, seeking kudos for his incredibly good judgment in in having nominated one of the group's officers uh, to the Air Force Academy. But his pronouncement was met with crickets. So he said, man, you are a dull bunch. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's, there's been a number of them. How about the how about the poor kids versus white kids thing of, of 2019? A speech to a group uh, of minority activists uh, in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, set to the stage of of uh, stunning Biden blunder. Uh, quote, we should challenge students in these schools to have advanced placement programs, he said, August 8th of, of 2019 at a town hall. Quote, we have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it, Biden went on. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> Man, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids, he, he vamped. No, I really mean it. But I think how we think about it, he said. Or how about how about the one where he was talking about looking fat, right? AIDS scrambled to convince voters not to believe their ears after, after Biden launched a barrage of abuse at a retired Iowa farmer. I mean, this is just, I, I had forgot about this one. Quote, you're a damn liar, man. <laughs> Biden, sn- he actually snarled that at Merrill Gorman a, a, he, at, at a campaign stop on uh, December 5th of 2019. Quote, and by the way, I'm not sedentary, he, ha- he added. <laughs> Talking about, of course, Gorman's weight, right? L- quote, let's do push-ups together, man. Let's run. Let's, let's do whatever you want to do. Let's, let's take an IQ test, all right? <laughs> Oh man, he says, look, look, fat, look, here's the deal. <laughs> they actually tried to cover it up. I mean, he, 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 they kind of, what they tried to do is say, well, he didn't say fat. He, he, he said facts. <laughs> sure he did. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the whole go vote for someone else thing, uh, that, that didn't go over well. Um, but one of my favorites is the lying dog face pony soldier. That one cracks me up every time in 2020, one week after he humiliatingly lost his, the, he had a, he had a fourth place finish in Iowa caucuses. Biden slammed a young voter with a head scratching taunt quote. How can you explain the performance in Iowa and why should the voters believe you can win the national election? This is what was from Madison Moore. He was a 21 year old college student uh, at the time. Um, and here's what Biden said. Even better uh, to a caucus. Uh, or, or I'm sorry. Ever, have you ever been to a caucus? Moore nodded. Yes. Quote, no, you haven't. He, he told the dumbfounded young woman, you're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> she, she, she thought it was weird and she could, it was kind of, you know, a little bit humiliating because it was on national TV. But um, yeah, I mean, there was other ones. You're full of poop, <laughs> you know, and things like that he, that he said. But I mean, there's been so many. Um, how about the, 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 you aren't black one. I mean, that one, that one was a stunner. Um, and, and it's, you know, where he, uh, he had just these off remarks, uh, about what the, that if you're not going to vote for him, you're not black, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, it, it was actually on a, 
uh, on a show called The Breakfast Club, and uh, it's hosted by an African American uh, who is, you know, he he asked him some questions. He said, you know, we, we we've just got some more questions, and that's really seemed to get to Biden. And it said, you you got more questions. Well, I'm telling you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, well, you ain't black. <laughs> The the crack do, drew instant ire, of course, from both sides of the political aisle, and 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 he he caught a lot of lot of flack from that. But but it's you know, let's move on a little bit here because I want to I want to leave time for some of these quotes from Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has has just you know, presumably because of her inspirational performance as as czar of of southern southern border crisis. I don't know. Um, but the but the the the, the pre- president Joe Biden sent uh, Vice President Kamala Harris to Poland to represent the the United States in, in, in as Europe in in the uh, NATO um, thing when 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 Russia invaded Ukraine uh, they had to ha- have some talks try to make sure that you know things weren't going to get get out of hand of course what they do they sent Kamala Harris and Ellie Reynolds so the fe- Federalist uh, wrote about this. And uh, said, but Harris has another special talent. In addition to her incredible penchant for laughing at the wrong moments, she has incredible ability to say absolute gibberish and then look genuinely inspired by herself. <laughs> we, we can all benefit from a little of that inspiration, reminding us that paying higher gas prices is what we've all been doing and the time for it is every day or the inflation is rising and the time for it is every day. <laughs> Either way, she's an inspiration putting the same, e- even our, our, our cultural bastions of profound wisdom, like deep thoughts from Jack Handy, right? <laughs> In Harris's honor, uh, here are some of the high quality motivational sayings uh, <laughs> featuring some of her more inspirational quotes. Now, some of these are just absolutely, I, I don't know. Here, let, 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 me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Uh, first, there was the profound reminder from Harris inspiring uh, Spiel, uh, suggesting that, that Americans struggling at the gas pump, um, you know, just that all you can do is just sell, um, sell out and, and go get a $56,000 electric car to charge. Right. She said, we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. <laughs> there was also this, this, uh, team building charge from the November trip to, to France. The only thing that could have made it more inspirational is if she had actually said it in a French accent, right? <laughs> Here she says this. She says, we must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment to, yes, together, address the challenges and to work on the opportunities that are presented by this moment. Hmm. Uh, that's good. That's really, really good. Then there was this, this re resurfacing insights uh, about her voter base from 2014, which may be the truest thing that she's ever said. 
What else do we know about this population, 18 through 24? They are stupid. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> and of course, Harris, hopefully, for foreign policy uh, expertise was on display in a radio interview earlier in March when she said, Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a big country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a small country called Ukraine. So I basically, that's wrong. <laughs> oh man. I mean, she thinks we're like first graders or something, doesn't she? She's that far above us. I know. She also has profound insights as to what living in rural America is actually like. You're going to have to Xerox or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't. There's no Kikos. There's no Office Max near them. <laughs> okay. And then there was this remark about the country's COVID response, which is so wise. It could be applied to literally almost any situation, unless, of course, what you're doing is bad, like shutting down the country or causing inflation or trying to start a war, <laughs> in, which, in which case it is time to stop doing what you've been doing every day and do something else. <laughs> Here's what she said. It is time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. <laughs> that is just so deep. Just, I, I mean, <laughs> I got to repeat that one. It is time for us to do what we've been doing. And that time is every day. <laughs> oh man. Some of these should be a bumper sticker. Then in February, <laughs> she had a February speech at the white house. Harris proved, uh, that she had this, this sanguine ability to leave the teleprompter behind. So this should go well, right? When folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. I went off script a bit, she said. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. I don't think your, your, your speechwriter wrote that. In addition to uncomfortably laughing at a question about Ukraine refugees, and you, and you know her, her laughter, I, yeah, anyway, Harris used a press conference in Poland to deliver this inspirational reminder of what we know and what we don't. Quote, we all watched the television coverage just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know, yet based on what we've just been able to see and because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Wow. Whoa. Oh, man. A, a logistical knot. <laughs> Let's read that again. It's too good. We all watched the television coverage just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not means it hasn't happened. <laughs> Doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Oh man. Oh, Kamala delivered these remarks at uh, an American rescue plan, um, a workforce development summit on July 13th. She said, you need to get to go and need to be able to where you need to go to do the work and get home. <laughs> 
And yes, that was fact-checked. And yes, the White House did confirm that it's a genuine quote. <laughs> but it, it, it has, this stuff, like I say, it, it is funny. It is, it is entertaining, but it's sad at the same time. And, and I love, and, and really, this is what you get when you put people in place that shouldn't be in leadership positions. That's really a big part of why I bring this to you. And I loved this. This is an article from Newsweek, and it was from actually December 28th of 2021, last year. And it's by Adam Coleman. Now, he is not a conservative. He's not a Republican. But he wrote an article entitled, Kamala Harris is a diversity hire. And he says, Vice President Kamala Harris has come in for some bad press lately. Stories of discontent, political failure, and a mass staff exodus have accompanied the first black woman uh, vice president who privately told allies that the news coverage of her would be different if she were any of her 48 predecessors, whom she has described as all white and male. This, of course, was reported by the New York Times. Uh, This... Uh, but 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 the the truth is, if Harris were white and male, she wouldn't be vice president because Harris would be our first diversity higher vice president. This was never a secret or even an issue. Then candidate Joe Biden was very explicit about the plans to pick a woman of color and share the ticket. After it became clear that Biden was to be the Democrats nominee for president in 2020, Biden said during a CNN Univision debate, quote, if I'm elected president, my cabinet, my administration will look like the country. And I commit that I will, in fact, point a, pick a woman to be vice president, unquote. In a separate press conference, this 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 uh, won a, a, a roundtable with, with black journalists. Biden even more, was even more specific. He said, Preferably, it will be someone who was of color and or a different gender, he said. Um, so from from the get go, the plan was to pick a woman of color, not the most competent person or the most liked or, you know, but but someone who simply won the by birth lottery. Right. A man of Joe Biden's age and dwindling health decided that what America needed was for us to be one heartbeat away from our first diversity hire president of the United States. I am old enough to remember when Democrats were outraged when Republican president candidate Mitt Romney said he was, uh, that he had blinders or I'm sorry, binders full of women to pick from to work in his administration. They were rightfully insulted that Romney used women as another box to check to satisfy the diversity requirement instead of choosing the most qualified to shine through regardless of sex. Eight years after the incident, the Democrats have taken that exact mentality and injected it with steroids. Some may say this mentality always existed, and maybe so, but now they are proud to be overtly identity 
oriented. Throughout the Democratic primaries of 2020, it became increasingly clear that the political party that I felt strongly uh, uh, advocating for, the party which I always believed was the party of the people, the party of true liberal values and the party of diversity, had become nothing more than the party of rigid identity before my very eyes. This is what he wrote. The days of being proud that people from diverse backgrounds chose to be Democrats because of their overall good policies are no more. The Democrats are now the party of ideology tailored policies based on identity as if we no longer share common interests. When the day came for Joe Biden to announce that he had found his woman of color, Kamala Harris, it only solidified my belief in the in the ridiculous nature of choosing people for identity points. Though she was a senator from California, Harris was deeply unpopular, something voters made known throughout the presidential primaries. Her campaign was such a mess that Tulsi Gabbard lasted longer than Harris did. Harris was never the top-tier candidate she named herself to be. Harris, unpopularly as a candidate, is minor uh, uh, is is mirrored in her unpopularity as vice president. She has a groundbreaking twenty eight percent approval rating, and her questionable track record as a pro- uh, prosecutor is mirrored in her failures since the election, compounding my fears that she truly was simply a woman of color in Joe Biden's binder. The Democratic obsession with having the first of a demographic category in a position of power has led them to discard any semblance of mediocrity or consideration for popularity in effectiveness. The Democrats wanted to achieve historical greatness by forcing diversity, but the only achievement Harris has uh, to her name is having amassed the lowest approval rating of any modern president. Vice president, actually. People who do not earn their way into a position of um, prominence know it. And that's what's happening here. Harris knows that she got her position much in the way her race and sex were how she got her job. Her race and her sex are now being weaponized against legitimate criticisms, including Harris herself. The left's obsession with identity has resulted in promoting an undeserving political figure and and disenfranchising moderate Democrats who refuse to let identity describe someone's qualifications or importance, yet describe its obvious costs. Despite the obvious costs, the Democrats' addition to identity politics shows no signs of abating. It gave me no pleasure to realize that the party I believe in doesn't actually believe in minorities and the fact that they can uh, compete. Because if they did, they would have had undeservably anointed Harris into a position of prominence, seemingly based purely on immutable characteristics. The savior complex reigns supreme within the democratic politics They seem to feel they must uplift black people, even the undeserving ones, in order to appear as our morally righteous saviors. It is the democratic establishment, not black people, that needs to be saved. 
And that, that is from a guy that writes for a very, you know, liberal pu- publication, the, the Newsweek. And he's a, he's a very liberal guy himself. You know, he's admitted he's, he's, a, he's a Democrat, he's a liberal, and, and he's black. And he said that he can identify, even he can identify what is happening here, that, that Kamala Harris is a, a diversity hire. Now, I guess, I guess, I guess what we have seen here is that this is what happens when you put people into positions of leadership in particular, when they shouldn't be there. Joe Biden said, I'm going to, I'm going to pick a black woman and she's going to be my, you know, my vice president. Now, first of all, (laughs) with all the talk of gender and that kind of thing, I mean, and all the different types of, of genders they're supposed to be. And there's not just male and female. We're not even going to get into that. But, but to say, I'm going to pick somebody based on the color of their skin or the kind of genitals that they have is, is, is completely out of line. It was out of line when he said it. It is still out of line. And, and why? Because who should be running our country? Who should be in charge? Who should be leading our country? Who should be the, the, the face of our country? Not somebody who, who just wants to, to find out when the next bowl of ice cream is. Not, not somebody who, who doesn't know anything and can't even put uh, words together without making it a word salad. I mean, we, we, we have people in place for the wrong reasons. We have people there not because they're competent, not because they're good leaders, not because they can they can they can move this country forward and they can do the things that need to be done, not because of any of that. They're there. Why? Because of the color of their skin or because of their gender. That is unacceptable and that needs to change. That's discrimination. It's racism. It's sexism. All the isms you want to use is on full display when you do that. And this is what we get. We get this kind. We get these kind of of leaders in these kind of positions, and we need to do something better because it's going to take this country down. Now, you may agree with that. You may disagree with that. I would love to hear from you on it. And of course, you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.